Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, on this day and time, we just can't get away from the message that the soon return of Jesus is very dear. And we are blessed today to have a very special guest and a friend of the ministry come back on the program today, Dr. Nathan Jones, who serves as the internet evangelist at Lamb and Lion Ministries in Texas, reaches over four and a half billion people that are accessible over the internet with the good news of Jesus Christ as well. He served at the ministry since August of 2007. We connected really shortly after that. And he has blessed us on several occasions by coming on the program and discussing end-time prophecy. Nathan co-hosts the ministry's weekly television program, Christ and Prophecy, with uh, Tim Moore. And he also co-hosts the weekly podcast, The Truth Will Set You Free, with his co-host, Vic Batista. Now, Nathan can usually be found growing and developing Lamb and Lion Ministries web ministry at christandprophecy.org and evangelizing over the ministry's various social media platforms, including the Christ and Prophecy Facebook group. And he answers all of the Bible-related questions that are sent into the ministry from all over the world. He's the author of The Mighty Angels of Revelation and co-authored the book, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. I've had the blessing of interviewing him about both of those books. You go back into the archives, listen to those podcasts, and you need to order those books. They're great books as well. Amen. But I want to Welcome to the program, Dr. Nathan Jones. Nathan, thank you for coming on the program today, man. I appreciate your time. Oh, Pastor Bob, it's it's an honor to be on your program, brother. Amen. Now, we have going on right now, I think you, you've you used this expression, and I've picked it up and, and shared it where, when I'm ministering and stuff, and everyone says, that's the word, convergence. Convergence mm. of multiple signs that we're told to look for. You know, right now we see Russia getting hurt by economic sanctions. We see Russia currently losing their war in Ukraine and all the internal turmoil going on. Tens of thousands of people fleeing to avoid the draft, protests in the streets, which is very unusual in a communist country. But the threat of nuclear weapons and to protect Russian territories and all that. This is just feeding right into the Ezekiel 38 war and, and all the end time scenarios. What, what are your thoughts on all this? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when we say convergence, what we mean is that the end time signs that Jesus gave us, you can read in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13. He gave 10 signs that would point to his soon return. And he said they would increase in frequency and intensity like birth pains coming upon a woman. And when all these signs started happening at once, he said, look up for your redemption is drawing near. And so we have this word called convergence. In other words, all these signs are converging together. When I say signs, we're talking about the end time signs of wars and rumors of wars, of plagues, of famines, uh, political unrest, signs in the sky, spiritual signs, both positive and negative, extreme weather. All these different signs 
aren't just happening here and there, but they're happening all at once. So when we talk about Russian Bible prophecy, I, I love that topic. Actually, I just came out with another book. Uh, I wrote a chapter in Trajectory, uh, the tracking the approaching tribulation storm. The uh, editor is Terry James, who is very well known in the Bible prophecy realm. And I spoke about Ezekiel 38 and 39. I wrote about it. And so it's a kind of a subject near and dear to me because we are living in the fulfillment of not only Ezekiel 36 and 37, which the Lord said that Israel as a dead nation would come alive like dry bones and come together and become like a human again, but missing its heart for God. And right now we know about 85% of the people, the Jewish people living in Israel, uh, don't have a heart for the Lord. They tend to be secular humanists. But the Lord said that in Ezekiel 38 and 39, a great battle would come upon Israel that would turn their hearts to Yahweh God. And that's where Russia would leave a coalition of Islamic nations against Israel. God would step in and supernaturally protect Israel. And then the whole world will know there is a God. So uh, we're leading up very much. So Israel's a nation again. It's in 1948, it became a nation again. And we're seeing the Islamic and Russian coalition of Russia, Turkey, Iran, and these other nations form an alliance, which they've never done in history, just as the Bible prophesies. Yeah, amen. And now you have Russia uh, becoming close buddies with China. Uh, mm -hmm. and as you said, Russia and, and Iran and those Islamic nations are forming their coalition. So basically, you now have Israel surrounded on all sides. Go figure, Absolutely. right? And well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, what's interesting is that one of these prophecies was that when you read Ezekiel 38, God says he's going to put a hook in the jaw of Gog, who's the leader of Russia, uh, and he's going to bring him down to Israel. And for many years, we're like, well, what does Israel have that Russia would want? I mean, sure, they grow a lot of fruit. They uh, sell diamonds and they have a nice uh, Dead Sea body washes, <laughs> you know, nothing particularly that anybody would want. Well, recently, as we've seen in this war with Russia and Ukraine, is that it's become an energy war between the NATO alliance and Russia. 40% of Russia's economy is gas to Europe. They're not. I mean, in fact, somebody blew up Nord Stream 2. I, I can only guess, but I think we know who did that. So that uh, of the two main pipelines in Europe, both are pretty much off right now. So Russia's not getting their money. Europe is turning to Israel, who found that great Leviathan gas fine, and said, well, okay, you're three years away from piping it up through Greece and into Europe. Could you speed it up? We need your oil. So now Israel has become a direct threat to Russia's economy, Amen. so much so that Russia now Amen. is amping up the rhetoric against Israel, looking for an excuse to attack. So, brother, I think we now know what that hook is. That hook is that Gog is coming to plunder Israel because Israel has the natural gas that can compete with Russia's economy. Amen. It is so, so neat when the Holy Spirit shows us these things because this is exactly what I had in my notes to talk to you about, right? Oh, okay. and folks, I, we didn't share these notes at first. I mean, this isn't, you know, this is the Holy Spirit lead this conversation. It's so cool and because we know, you know, with Russia coming from the North, China and you know, coming from the East, you got Persia coming up from the South and they're all pointed at, you know, and the Muslim nations, I mean, they're just going to capitalize on the, oh yeah, let's go type thing. Cause they've been trying to take out Israel for a long time, but one thing is standing in the way, the United States of America. 
And we know the Bible says God sets up kings and takes down kings, and the heart of the king is in the Lord's hand. He turns it whichever way he wills. Do you think this last election ended up the way it did, and with all the economic turmoil and everything going on right now, for the United States to come to the point of being weakened, where to the point as a nation, we just won't step in to protect Israel in the event of an attack like this, you know, thus fulfilling the scripture that nobody helps Israel. That's an interesting point. Uh, we know that Sheba, Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish and our young lions, as Ezekiel 38 tells us, will sit back, they'll protest this giant coalition of Russia, Turkey, Iran, the Sudan, Libya, all the stand nations coming against Israel, but they won't do anything about it. We know the ancient names of the Arabian countries as Sheba and Dedan. Tarshish was considered the farthest reaches of the world. It could either be Spain or Great Britain. So it's assumed that their young lions mean their colonies. That would be the New World colonies of North and South America, uh, Australia, New Zealand, and so forth and so on. So it's basically saying the whole world's going to sit back and not do something. So you got to wonder, why would the United States, one of the greatest protectors of Israel, sit back and do nothing? Well, something had had to hobble it. And so we know, of course, weak leadership is currently the issue, but it seems that there's something greater than that happens. Could it be economic collapse, which the world, the Bible prophesies as the onset of the tribulation, the Antichrist comes in and he's going to fix this broken economy? Brother, I, I think a lot of it has to do with actually the rapture of the church. Because when you look at the Gog-Magog war, it's God supernaturally stepping. When these armies ascend uh, to the mountains of Israel, God's going to step in and he's going to destroy this massive army. He's going to go old, old Testament on him. You know, there's going to be uh, fire and earthquakes and hail and the armies are going to turn on each other and he's going to obliterate them. And he's even going to send fire onto their nations and destroy their nations. And so this is this is God operating separately from the church age. So I believe that the rapture of the church happens before the Gog-Magog yeah. war. Therefore, it hobbles the United States so badly the United States is incapable of helping. But most people don't realize that China has a huge Christian population as well. And we don't even hear about China, which is now the second superpower, until the very end of the tribulation. Yeah. So that leaves then a, by the time this war is done, it leaves Israel as a super state and it leaves Europe as the only superpower left standing, which the, we know the Antichrist rises out of Europe. So biblically, all these puzzle pieces are popping together, yeah. and we're starting to get that picture. Yeah, amen. And, and you know, when you look at it from that type of perspective, everything we see on the news just makes sense right now. I mean, you know, uh, Russia threatening to use nuclear, you know, tactical nuclear weapons to protect their territory. Well, they've already annexed that portion of Ukraine. So if they're in threat of losing it, you know, and then what happens? And about a month ago, I seen a report, they said it on the news where one of the president's advisors in this area let it slip. You know, someone said, well, what are you going to do if they use a tactical nuclear weapon? I said, well, you know, the first one, we'll probably just let it go because we'll just, you know, tell them, you know, we'll impose some sanctions and stuff like that. In other words, they just gave a free pass for at least one. <laughs> you know? And what you know, that's that's the president. You know, I mean, naturally, the uh the conservative news people jumped right on that and said, no, 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 he just misspoke, you know. But yet they're 
talking about that behind the scenes, you could say. And then you had President Biden's slip of the tongue talking about, you know, well, Armageddon is going to be a real event type thing. And, uh, you know, just these little slips let you know that behind the scenes, there they are talking about what is about to happen. And it's it's something that preachers have been saying for centuries, you know, but especially since the advent of nuclear war and all that, because, you know, it talks about the Damascus, the oldest city in the world will be leveled and uninhabitable. What would level it and make it uninhabitable for years, but a nuclear weapon, you know? And it, the Isaiah 17 and Jeremiah 49 say that it is Israel and Israel accomplishes it in one evening. How do you yeah. destroy the oldest city of the world in one evening? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is where the Gog Magog war is interesting because yeah. The nations that directly surround Israel, we're talking about Egypt, Lebanon, Jordan, uh, Gaza, Syria, they're not involved in the Gog-Magog war. And you, you got to wonder why, because they've got hundreds of thousands of missiles pointed at Israel. Their relationships and their treaties are very thin. It could fall at any moment. And so you got to wonder, why are those nations around Israel not in the Gog-Magog war? Very well could be that is because Israel has to subjugate them and destroys Damascus in the process. So what would then unite the Islamic world to come against Israel all at once? I don't think America not supporting them is, is strong enough because Israel has quite a powerful military. Yes. It has to be something bigger that happens first. So in the prophetic world, we, we look to Psalm 83 as a possible precursor. It's an imprecatory prayer made by the seer or the prophet Asaph calling God to bring down judgment around onto Israel's surrounding neighbors. Amen. Now, certainly Amen. there's been a number of wars that Israel's had to fight with their neighbors, but they've never subjugated them like Psalm 83 prophesies. Mm. If you, Israel does subjugate those countries, it fits then the pattern that we know for the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. It, it, it yeah. fills in that missing puzzle piece. So I think there's a precursor event that happens. Could be, like you said, that nuclear bomb that destroys Damascus. Uh, people write in the ministry and ask us, um, you know, how does the Ukraine war fit in? Well, it doesn't because if Russia takes Ukraine, uh, the, the Russians look to Kiev or Kiev as their home base. This is where their people, the Rus people came from. So it's, it'd still be part of Russia if they take them over or not. It, it, it's so sad when you, you find out that Stalin had starved out the people in eastern Ukraine so they could put Russians on the land and take it. So Putin's claim that to that land is very tenuous. It was stolen then and it's being stolen now. Will he use a nuclear bomb on the very land he's trying to liberate? Well, he'd have to be insane to do that. I'm not quite sure he's insane yet. I don't know what you yeah. think, but yeah. I don't think he's quite there yet. Yeah, he's he's uh, he is very tactful, mm -hmm. tactically speaking, in what he does. He He doesn't just react. He has a plan and he's working the plan. You know, yes, that's yeah. that's that's uh, it's scary, but at the same time, you know, my kids and grandkids ask me, well, Papa, you know, what do you think about all this stuff going on? I said, I, What I think, I think Jesus is about to return. That's what I think, yes. you know, amen, and brother. Nothing else, nothing else matters except that, you know, and it's just Jesus gonna keep said, getting when you're worse. And see these things happen, look up, look up because your redemption is drawing near. Yes, amen. The very fact that Israel's in the land again. He said that the generation that sees Israel return as a nation will be the nation that experiences the rapture. Yep. Uh, I don't think we have to look well as a generation 20 years or 40 years or 100 years. You know, we don't know, but it means the era, yep. the era, the genia of the 
time period, and, and that's the time period we're living. We are the people seeing Israel become a nation. Yep. Plus, plus, you needed the war in 1967 for Israel to take control of the mountains, mm-hmm. and that's where the Gog Magog War happens on the mountains of Israel. So this event had to have happened at least after 1967, but I believe it's going to happen before or just at the onset of the tribulation, yeah. because God gives us a, a timing, two timing indicators. He says it will happen in the latter days or last days, which is an, always an indication towards the time of Jacob's trouble, the tribulation. And he says it's going to take seven years for the Israelis to collect and destroy or burn the weapons and seven months for them to clean up all the dead bodies that the Lord will have left there. Seven years, seven years to Daniel's 70th week, which is the tribulation. So it seems like this is an onset thing that it happens uh, just before the tribulation. With Russia and Islamic world no longer a power, uh, it's easy. You could see how then the Antichrist coming out of Europe would make a peace covenant with Israel, maybe not so much for Israel's protection, but to protect him from yeah. the God of Israel, which he then uses to conquer the world and then turns his sights back on Israel three and a half years later. So this whole prophetic picture is really starting to come together. Oh, yeah. I, uh, then we have the rise and popularity of cryptocurrency. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that in and of itself, I don't think is bad. But now the nations of the world are deciding to implement their own national cryptocurrency in an effort to control the spending. Because, you know, right now the Bitcoin and all that is external and the, the government doesn't get their cut. We'll put it like that. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and naturally, yeah. Yep. And naturally, each nation still needs to deal with each other, which would then open the way for the worldwide cryptocurrency, much as the dollar was the acceptable international currency for decades, that's diminished now. So, you know, all this is, is you know, going to be very easy where you have the fulfillment of unable to buy or sell without the mark. And who knows that the cryptocurrency won't be called the mark, you know, like the German mark. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I think we're seeing, too, especially coming out of China is the social credit score. Oh, where yeah, yeah. millions and millions of cameras are filming everything everybody does. And then an algorithm is rating the people on how patriotic they seem. You know, what do they buy even? You know, who do they interact with? And if you're good and you're loyal to the government, you're getting all sorts of benefits. You can travel benefits, food benefits, job benefits. But if you're seem hostile to the government, like reporters, for instance, then they are restricted in travel and, and uh, they're watched more closely. And this system is being it's being moved to uh, Italy. It's being brought into many countries. And someone even argued through social media that the social credit score exists. ESG, which is being forced by the World Economic Forum on the companies, is that, well, you can only buy or sell with companies that are in line with the World Economic Forum view of things. That's a form of social credit score, too. We're seeing people being blacklisted if they're based on their if they're pro-life or not or what their political views are so brother it is very very it's easy it. to see that the antichrist system of coercion and control and then all money being electronic you could turn that off in a heartbeat if the government wanted to yep, we exactly. saw justin yep. trudeau do that with the truckers up in canada i mean we yep. saw an example of that happening uh, the antichrist monetary control system it, it already exists in its infancy form, we're, we're just waiting. Now, for those who are worried, oh no, you know, I'm gonna take the mark of the beast if I get a, you know, buy a cryptocurrency or something, the, the mark of the beast won't be instituted until three and a half years into the tribulation. It does not affect 
does. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said cryptocurrency right now is not what we're we're talking about as the mark. I mean, you can buy exactly. Bitcoin or whatever you want, but just know that it's already been eyed by the powers that be like, oh, this might be the way to to control what everybody spends and mm-hmm. and monitor what they're spending it on. You know? Oh yeah, obviously, and and we're seeing country after country fall economically. We see yeah. Sri Lanka, uh, there's some of the bigger countries that are really facing some very big economic problems. Great Britain, just this last month, almost yeah. totally went uh, in bankrupt. And so, if the big countries can almost go bankrupt, and the United States can only exist by printing money, you know, if we're no longer the fiat currency, it moves to like you said, a Bitcoin type system. Uh, then yeah, I mean the United States then will collapse economically. And the United States and China is undergoing as their real estate market is collapsing. So uh, this world, uh, I guess you know, economic collapse, this global economic collapse that the Bible prophesies, we're already seeing the biggest names in finance saying it's coming. Yeah, exactly. And all it takes is one event to trigger it. You know, yes. we'll go back to that nuclear scenario again. You know. They don't have to, you know, Russia or whoever doesn't have to destroy the United States. We hear about the EMP, you know, if they detonate a nuclear weapon over Kansas, you know, what, you know, 10, 20 miles up in the atmosphere or something, it takes out the entire electric grid in the United States. And it's not something like, oh, the power went out, it'll be on in two or three days. No, they say if that goes out, it's going to be years before the electricity comes on, which means you can't even go to the ATM and get your money out of the bank. and that's and our current administration isn't the sharpest or the most alert or the most proactive matter of fact they seem to posture more than anything and exacerbate the situation Mm -hmm. so yeah i just i don't think uh the united states and the western world for that matter is really prepared to fight a war our recruiting numbers are abysmal because of all the woke indoctrination that the government's forcing and trying to force into the military my my son just joined the Coast Guard. God bless him. And, you know, there's already diversity classes and all this nonsense. And it's just it's just yeah. very disheartening. Amen. Amen. And then to come back to the seven year cycle uh, discussion again, as well as the end time scenario and, and all that, there's this comet called uh, or asteroid called Apophis that you may have heard of that uh, they discovered and and released information when nasa first discovered it said oh this thing is gonna possibly impact the earth in seven years april 2029 well that's seven years from 2022 but almost immediately after they announced it within a week or so oh no no our calculations were off it's gonna it'll fly between us and the moon but it's gonna miss us on this loop but you know when it comes back around in 2036 which is seven years later uh it, it may be even closer. And now all of a sudden you have these, uh, you know, rocket tests where they're trying to hit asteroids and deflect them and uh, all that good. So it's just coincidentally starting to be picked up a little bit. And, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. Could it be, you know, the seven year tribulation period uh, happens with this nuclear war we're in 2022, even if the Apophis misses us, but it, is well documented in the Bible that the earth's going to be destroyed and then there'll be a new earth, a new heaven, new earth coming down, uh, the new Jerusalem and all that. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm just, this is both Bob just 
hypothesizing right now, but uh, you know, there's the seven year period that just caught my attention. Seven years is 2029, but then, oh, it's just going to miss us. But seven years later, it might be a little closer. And now we're into this, uh, you know, turmoil situation like we've been talking about. I mean, could that be what event God's going to use to, okay, we're done with this earth. <laughs> you know, and let's, it's going to burn up and, and let's, let's get the, the forever earth here, you know, the new heaven and new earth. I mean, I just throw that out as a hypothesis, but you know, there's no factual evidence or anything like that. But I'm just putting it. What caught my attention was the seven year time frames that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then with all this stuff going on, you know, that would indicate that we may be entering the tribulation period. Oh yeah. yeah. Back in Obama's uh, administration, he changed the purview of NASA to not be space exploration, but to be deal with meteors, which is interesting that he was all of a sudden very worried as if he knew something, that meteors would be coming smacking the Earth. So they created this dark system. And like you said, we saw a satellite hit it and change uh, just a little one and change its trajectory a bit. So they're anticipating larger Earth-shattering meteors coming. Uh, what's fascinating, too, is that you go back, uh, how does that also relate to nuclear war? Uh, well, we look at the six-seal judgment. You can see this in Revelation chapter 6. And uh, it says here, I looked, and when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. The moon became like blood. The stars of the heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs. Uh, then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved to its place. And here's how the people respond. The kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, in other words, everybody on the planet, hid themselves in caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? So when we read about this, we read about cosmic disturbances happen in the sky. But the fact that the Bible also says that the sky receded like a scroll. When you look at a nuclear explosion, it looks like a scroll. And then the aftermath, the dust, the storm will blot out the the stars so people can't see and then people go underground for protection. So I think right there, the Bible is very specific that the conventional war that the Antichrist starts will turn into a nuclear war. But I I do have the hope that because the Lord says that he has his restraining influence on the earth during the church age, that a real nuclear war isn't for this age, but it's reserved for the time of Jacob's trouble, because how could a world not have more trouble than a nuclear war? And that would be reserved for the tribulation. Yeah. Which, the Bible also says he will make sure his people are pulled out prior to that, called the rapture. And uh, yes, that's that's the hope. <laughs> and, and it's called in Titus two thirteen our blessed hope. Blessed hope. That's right. Amen. Glory to God. Well, as I said, uh, we're not saying all this, folks, to scare you. Well, in a way, we are, but not scared. Like, oh, I'm so scared, I don't know what to do. We're giving you the hope that. There's only one answer to all of this, and his name is Jesus. That's it. And mm-hmm. you know, that's what I tell my grandkids. Oh, Papa, what, what do you think is going to happen? I think Jesus is coming back real soon. That's what I think. You know, And I'll be preaching somewhere, and they'll say, well, when do you think it'll happen? I said, it could be before I get done with this sermon and say amen. I mean, we are that close. You know, It could be today, tomorrow, two weeks from now, two years from now, 20 years from now. It doesn't matter. All that matters is, did you make the decision when you were offered that opportunity? 
That's all that matters. Nathan, if someone's listening to us right now and what we've said has made them realize I need to be saved, can you lead them in that prayer of salvation real quick? Oh, absolutely. Well, let's pull up John 3.36 because I think that really has an effect on what we understand. It says that he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, but he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life. The wrath of God abides on him. Now, we were born with this idea that, well, if we're good enough and we do enough good things, that, that God will let us into heaven. But the Bible says we have a sin nature. We sin. We rebel against him. And because we are rebellious, the wrath of God abides on us. And the wrath of God means to be sent to hell, the lake of fire. Those who believe in the Son has the eternal life. That wrath is off us because it was put on Jesus on the cross. So really, we're all born going to hell. But that's why Jesus comes. He saves us. That's where the word salvation comes from. He saves us from that wrath when we put our faith and trust in him. And then our sins are forgiven and we'll inherit eternal life with him. So I always encourage people to pray. If if you accept Jesus Christ in faith, then now's the time. You could be dead at any moment. This is the only opportunity we have. Turn to Jesus Christ. Pray from your heart something like, dear Jesus, I, I know I'm a sinner and I, I've rebelled against you. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you're son of God and I want you to be the Lord and Savior yes, of my Jesus. life. Amen. Jesus will forgive you of your sins and the guilt will be washed away, away and you'll inherit eternal life with him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, before we get ready to close, I know your ministry, Lamb and Lion Ministries, is focused and dedicated to the study of end time prophecy. So I don't want to leave without asking you, what do you see happening right now that has raised eyebrows at Lamb and Lion Ministries? Well, obviously, the focus in the last two years was the pandemic, which the Lord had said would we would see uh, increasing in pestilence and plague. But now it's the increase of wars and rumors of wars, as well as the economic disaster that seemingly is right over the horizon. So those are two of the other signs. But brother, like you said, convergence, there are so many end time signs going on at once all over the place. It's it's so hard to keep up with. We try to do that with our prophetic perspective series on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel. Something happens, we show you where the Bible, what it has to say about it. And we put a prophetic perspective video out, but uh, it's almost impossible to keep up because things are happening so quickly. Amen. Amen. And just for the sake of our listeners, I have to ask, how's Dr. Raven Reagan doing since he turned over ministry operations to, to Tim Moore? Dr. Reagan is doing fine. He's very passionate about writing. He's written three books in the last year Amen. and he continues to write. His next book is on the war of the end times. Oh, praise the Lord. Right. Talk about timing, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we mentioned your books. We did interviews on before. I'll put links to those in the show notes. But what was the book that you just had? Because I want to put that down there. Oh, sure. This is the newest book that came out. I've written a chapter in it. So is Tim Moore and Dr. Reagan. And it's called Trajectory, Tracking the Approaching Tribulation Storm. And you can get that online and Amazon. But it, each writer has did a different chapter, writes about one of the signs related to convergence. My chapter was on the Ezekiel 38 and 39 more. Amen, which we talked about today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Nathan, this has been so interesting. I know our listeners have received a lot to think about and pray about. If someone wants to get in touch with you or the ministry, how can they do that? Check us out on our website at ChristInProphecy.org. There you can watch our television program, Christ in Prophecy. We have articles, uh, e-newsletter you can sign up, social media. We want to get people excited about the soon return of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Amen. Folks, Lamb and Lion Ministries, they were, they were one of the first major ministries to bless our radio station, Evangelism Radio, with permission to air their programming. They've been on our radio ever since October of 2010. It is one of the most listened to programs we have as well. I urge you to drop down the show notes, reach out to Nathan Jones and, and the ministry and check out all their offers. They're just too numerous to put here. But every single offer is designed to do one thing, proclaim the soon return of Jesus. Just click the links below, check out the ministry and resources, reach out to Nathan as well. Nathan, I thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. I do appreciate it, and I look forward to having you back in the future if Jesus tarries. It's a pleasure. I'd be more than happy to. Amen. Need to get you on and talk about your book, too. Praise the Lord. Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Dr. Nathan Jones and myself, it's Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.